Welcome to another amazing episode of Kazi's Audio Experience. This is the podcast where we're not only going to sharpen our technical skills, but we're going to learn to become profitable as filmmakers. What's going on, guys? This is Kazi. Welcome to another live. And if you guys have been following me, then you know that the last couple of days have been just completely unreal. Okay, so I'm still here. The show still must go on. It's happening. And today we're going to be tackling one of the most common problems that people face. Procrastination, also known as laziness. How do you find out what causes that laziness? How do you attack it? How do you counter it and overcome it? Those are the things that we're going to be talking about today. And I'm only going to be sharing my experience and how I deal with it because that's the most authentic answer you can you know, get from this live. If I just read you an article, then you can do the same on your own. You don't need to be watching this. So I'm gonna respect your time. I'm gonna try to just share as many tips and tricks and the secret sauce, uh, you know, that is the cause man and just give you my two cents. And then it's up to you if you wanna take it or leave it. I'm not gonna lie to you, this thing kept me behind, you know, most of my life. And I feel like a lot of people will same sim or feel similarly. It's just one of those things that are everybody like is a victim of, right? So how do we attack it? So I'm going to first of all start off with causes. Okay, what causes that? What causes procrastination and laziness? And the first point that I'm going to bring up is something that you don't want to do. That's what causes it. And what do I mean by that? It means that it's either something that you have no interest to do. People have jobs that they don't want to do, you know, but they do it to provide for their family, their livelihood, all that stuff. But they don't want to be at their work doing a certain thing that they're doing, but they just do it day in and day out. That's one aspect of it. The second one is something that's too hard. It's something that you just don't want to do. And that is a personal experience especially when you're working from home. Like I'm an editor and a colorist and a cinematographer, but this would happen to me with editorial gigs, especially non-scripted gigs. So it would be a 45 minute, 42 minute episode uh, that I have to work on. I am given two hard drives. They're just loaded with footage and you're pretty much told, go make something happen. Uh, watch a couple of episodes, how we do things, and now just go make your own like, you know, version of that. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, I mean, and then I'm given a month or something like that. So they're very generous with their time, but that doesn't really help me because then it puts me in that analysis paralysis phase where I'm just like, ah, it's just, I'm going to attack it tomorrow. I'm going to do it in the afternoon. I'm going to do it at night. I work better through the night. Like all these things that I come up with. So, you know, that is one of the major causes that I realize that if something is too hard, or if something you're just not interested in, then you will feel lazy and you just wouldn't want to do, you wouldn't want to initiate, right? All right, so the second point in the causes section is excuses. We all make excuses and there's all types of excuses, right? So one of my favorite was, uh, or my personal favorite that I used all the time is that I don't have enough time. Too much is going on. You know, I just don't have time. I don't have to, time to call my parents. I don't have time to call my older brother. I don't have time to, you know, meet up with my brother and hang out with my nephew. I just don't have time. 
And basically, that just means that, you know, there's a lot bigger issues here than like, you know, you actually not having enough time. Another excuse that I hear all the time is that I have kids. So I, you know, I would do it, but if I had time, but because I have kids, I can't do it. And you're just like, dude, your kids are not with you 100% of the time. And then there's the opposite of that. I've heard people say, I don't have kids. So it's almost like, I don't really need to work too hard because uh, I, I just don't really have to. I don't have kids, like it's just me and it's enough what I'm doing and that's the way it is, you know? So that's another one that people use. And then um, this is, everybody's heard that one and probably used it and that one is, my situation is different. How many times have we heard that? I've heard it so many times that, oh Kazi, I would blow up on Instagram but my field is different. I don't do what you do. Oh, Kazi, I would make a course and sell the shit out of it, but I can't because my niche is different. My market is too saturated. I'm like, really? More saturated than making a course on filmmaking? Like, everybody wants to learn. Everybody's putting out stuff for filmmaking. I've seen moms that just learned how to use a camera two years ago, and now they're putting out a course how to make Instagram videos, and they're selling their courses. It's like, this is the easiest thing you can do. I'm not asking you to put out a course for like, you know, how to be become an engineer at Amazon. But you know, it is what it is. We're not gonna get into a rant. We're just gonna stay on like track and talk about what are the things that are on this list. And I need you to hold yourself accountable. I need you to hold yourself accountable and actually write down the things that I'm calling out to go, yes, I do this one thing. Yes, I do that one thing. Because then when we get into the actions and I tell you how to attack it, you will know exactly how to pinpoint that particular pain point that you have, the problem that you have that you have to fix, okay? And then the last one, which is my ultimate favorite, and I hear it from family and friends and everybody, is that I'm a perfectionist. I would put out one post a day, Kazi. Like, I know you put out one post a day on Instagram. I would do the same, but I'm just a perfectionist. Like, I wanna make sure it's perfect. And I'm like, cool, that's really cute, but you've been saying that since 2014, you know? So it's like, you can't do that, you know? Like, perfectionism is a form of procrastination, okay? Anybody who talks about their perfectionist, Everybody's a freaking perfectionist. I mean, look at the panels in the back and how they line up and look at the camera, the way I set up. So I'm sitting in the middle of my TV and there's this much gap on each side. Trust me, I'm a freaking perfectionist on a scary level. Like everybody is a freaking perfectionist, but we're just here to make the most of it. And we like being pr productive and being effective is the key. F efficiency is the key. Like you wanna get the message out you know, than anything else. So just remember those, okay? Now I'm gonna move on to the third um, main problem, which is indecisiveness. The ability to not be, actually the ability of not making decisions, like you just can't, like you, so the first thing is like, you can't make decisions. You know, it's just too much pressure. Like, I mean, you just can't decide. Another cause for that is taking too long to decide. Like, you know, you're just, sitting on it, thinking about it, you're thinking about this and that, this and that, and you just don't know. And then the third one is uh, too many ideas. I know some, like one of my cousins, okay, he is, this dude is a freaking genius. Like his IQ scores and everything is through the roof. I mean, this guy, I sit in his presence and I'm just like, why am I even here? Because I feel this little. And this guy like talks to me all day long and asks me, hey bro, what can I do 
to get to what you got going on, what your brother's got going on. Brother, I don't know what my problem is, but I can't overcome X, Y, and Z. And I'm just like, dude, you're too smart for your own good. Like you get your in your own way. You got too many ideas and then you're not executing on anything. You just have to be dumb enough to go, I'm gonna run with this and let's see what happens. And then if you crash and burn, that's okay. You just pick yourself up and you just go again. And there's too many people that just like get, they're actually, like I said, are too smart for their own good. So don't do that to yourself. You guys know the people that I'm talking about that we all know that are so capable, that are so smart, they get in their own way all day long, okay? Don't be that person. And then the fourth point here is lack of drive. Now, that is a very general and very broad term, right? Lack of drive, where does it come from? So I'm gonna break it down on a micro level and then talk about it. So the first thing is, not having a higher purpose. So lack of drive will come from, uh, you know, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, you just don't do something and you don't know why you're not making anything happen. You don't know why you're being lazy. You said you're gonna do it when you hit 21 and now you're 24 and you're like, ah, there's just not really much going on in my life. Then you hit 27 and you look, uh, look at a 22 year old who's killing the game and you're like, oh my God, I was there once. I was there once, like I smelled it, I felt the victory and I wanted to make something happen and now I'm 28, like what is really going on? But then look at the bright side, I mean, there are people that are in their 70s and they're hitting it, like hitting home runs all day long, you know? So what I'm saying is that lack of drive comes from many different things, but the first one has to be higher purpose. You need to have like a bigger goal, but now let's talk about goals. Goals have different types, right? There's short-term goals, there are long-term goals, and then there are just goals where you just wanna do good in the world. It's not really anything coming back to you, but it's just genuinely giving and then receiving joy out of that, okay? And then some people have too many goals. Then there are people that we know that just wanna freaking become the next Bill Gates, and you're like, dude, slow down. I'm not telling you that you can't do it, but how about you, start taking baby steps and then we go to the next step and we go to the next step and we go to the next step. And a lot of people, you know, get lost when they put so much pressure on themselves that they were like, I want to accomplish all of this all at once. That is just not realistic, okay? People are too hard on yourself. How many people do we know? How many people are here that are listening to this that feel that, that they're, you guys are just too hard on yourself? I am too hard on myself. I, you know, so it's basically the way the studio is set up is that, it's business in the back, party in the front, right? So, I mean, there's like the 77-inch OLED, there's PlayStation, there's 4K Blu-ray player, sound system is banging, all that setup. I think I've used it like maybe four days total, like in actual hours since I moved here, maybe less, like since I moved here. So that is out of control, right? And that is because I have so much built-in guilt. I can't do it. Like, I'm just sitting here, my wife is like, take some time off, relax, and I'm like, I can't do it. It's like, I gotta spend, if I'm gonna take my time off, then I gotta spend that time with my family, with my son. Like, I, I gotta spend that time, like, calling my parents in Chicago, talking to them. I gotta spend that time, like, with my people, or I gotta be producing. Otherwise, I am cheating. I am, like, robbing everybody else. And that's just my own guilt. That is terrible. Nobody should have that. I'm fighting it, I'm working really hard, to overcome it because it sucks, man. It, it takes a toll on you because you can never be that kid again that just wanted to just sit in front of a TV and play FIFA for five hours or just wa binge watch movies and not have a worry in the world. It's really hard to like, you know, 
come out of that. I'm stuck in it. I, I'm there. That's my problem. That's my biggest sin right now. I'm fighting it day in and day out to find that happy medium where I can have me time. I can have my own time, enjoy it guilt-free. Uh, I haven't, I don't have the answers to that. So I'm working on it. But what I'm saying, don't do that to yourself. If you can figure it out to not be that person, then please like DM me and tell me how to do that. But don't be too hard on yourself. Now, the final thing in, in uh, the causes of procrastination that I want to talk about is the ultimate, the freaking biggest problem we're facing today, which is as big as this pandemic, which is distractions. We got social media, we got notifications on our phones, and man, it is crazy. It, it, it truly is a disease, right? So like, I make a post. Now, I make a post, I want to put my phone down and walk away. That just never happens. I made a post, I'm gonna be on my phone for the next one hour, keep checking it, like every time it goes off and somebody commented and somebody commented and somebody commented, and I'll keep going back, and then I have these increments. I gotta check my phone at 10 minute mark, at 15 minute mark, at 30 minute mark, to see the trajectory of my post. Where is it gonna go? Is it flatlining? And now if my post is flatlining, then I gotta come up with another plan to put out another post today, so then I can basically equal out my like algorithms and my numbers so everything stays, the trajectory stays the same. So like, think about all that, right? Like, I mean, now you're just looking at it and you're like, dude, like, take it easy, what's going on? So that's all I'm saying, that those are my problems. I'm sharing, like, I'm literally just sharing the things that are happening here so you guys can hear if you can relate, if or if something like that were to happen to you, you can catch yourself and then not let that happen. So. You got to make sure that you have some sort of game plan. I'm gonna talk about that. In my actions, I'm gonna talk about exactly what I then do to counter that. It's not that I'm a lost cause with social media and all that. I figured out a really good, healthy me like balance to still be productive, still have my clients, still have my family that's happy, and still have you know my friends and everybody like there that I am available for. And then on top of it, I do my social media, work on my personal brand, all that stuff. Emails is another thing, right? Like, I mean, I'm not really big on emails. Actually, most of my emails are checked by my wife. Like, you know, she works, you know, under the cause nation. So like she uh, works under my brand and like, you know, basically all my emails and everything is just handled by her. I'm like, just give me, just, you know, go through everything, funnel out everything and just like give me five emails a day that I need to look at and then you can just worry about the rest. So I don't even care about that. And she's amazing at it anyways. I'm like horrible with it. I will spend like seven hours and just not know what I'm looking for. So it's it's a perfect thing that, you know, we figured out. Video games is another one. Whether you're young, old, whatever. I know 50-year-old, you know, uh, people that are, some of them are friends, some of them are uncle. Like, I know these guys, they're still addicted. They're gonna like literally uh, rob time from their families, from their kids to put in more time playing games. And it's sort of like gambling, you know, like you play one game and then you wanna play another one, then you wanna play another one, then you wanna play another one, next thing you know. I mean, I'm raised on playing video games. I'm from that PlayStation 1, you know, era and Atari and all those things. So, I mean, Resident Evil 1 came out and I think we just took like three months and played Resident Evil and we didn't even have a memory card. We didn't even know that the memory card existed. So we played Resident Evil and we would keep getting like killed at like whatever mark and we will start it over and like play from start to the end, start to the end. And I think the first time we beat it, it took us like 12 hours or something like that. But in total, it took us like three months because we kept dying. 
you know, the, the whale would come in and kill us in the freaking basement. You know what I'm talking about. So I'm not even going to get into the detail, but that was out of control. And the, like, so that's all I'm saying. When you're a kid, it's great. When you're an adult, I'm not saying don't play games. I'm crazy about games. FIFA 21 just came out and I think I've already dropped 300 bucks on it. And I'm, I'm expecting to drop like maybe one to $2,000 on the FIFA Ultimate Team. I'm crazy about it. I find my time to play games. I'm going to talk about how to do that in a minute, okay? TV, TV, I mean, come on. Like, you know, binge watching TV, come on. Like, it, it gets out of control, okay? I'm not going to watch one episode of Dark. If I'm going to watch Dark, I want to finish from season one to season three. I want to finish the whole thing in one sitting. Uh, I will be puking my guts out at the end of the day, but I, my, I, I'm keeping my eyes open with the freaking toothpick, but I just got to watch the whole thing all at once. And if you figured out a balance, good for you. All the all my friends and family that I know, they haven't. Like we just sit in front of the TV and we just go, right? Like, I mean, you just, so figuring that out is a big one. And just even catching yourself to know that you're doing that is a good start. And then finally, friends and family, that could also be a distraction. And I'm telling you before you, you know, just call me a Satan that I'm telling you don't spend time with your friends or family. Uh, nothing in access is too good, right? Like, I mean, anything that you do too much of just can't be healthy. So just find the perfect balance where your family and friends even know the expectations that, hey, I'm going to spend time with you. We're going to do this and that, but then I got to do other things. And yeah, like Nick is talking about 24. I'm telling you, man, the only, I love 24. I wanted to get into it so bad. I couldn't get over the pillar boxing. I mean, it's four by three uh, aspect ratio in the first season, it's too much, man. I can't handle it. My color grading eyes and my cinematography background just cannot freaking take that. Like, I, I just can't. I tried it. I went to like episode maybe 18 or something. And then after that, I'm like, all right, I'm out. I just can't do it. All right, guys, now we're getting into the solution part. We're getting into the actions. Okay. What can we do to fix all the things that I've talked about all the problems that we have all the causes of procrastination and laziness how do we fix it how do we attack it we're going to get into that and i'm going to break them down into three main categories the first one is going to be discipline nobody wants to hear that nobody wants to hear that my cats don't want to hear it my son doesn't want to hear it i don't want to hear it from my wife because you know mothers and moms and wives i mean they're the most disciplined and you're just like how do you how are you born with this so Discipline is going to be number one. Habit forming is going to be number two. I'm going to show you how to develop habit forming. And then three is something that I'm coining. I'm just calling it chain activities. Okay, chain actions, chain activities, whatever you want to call it. I'm calling it chain activities and I'm going to explain to you what that means. So first one is discipline. This is how I set up like this is how you can fall into discipline instead of like something that you have to do all day every day. I fall into discipline with associating certain things that I need to do every day. I have a checklist in Google Keep that I'm looking at right here. And that checklist is very simple. It just goes like this. Pre-workout. I wake up in the morning, 5, 6 a.m., whatever. I take my pre-workout. After pre-workout, I got to make my Instagram post. I got to take my, I got to make my YouTube post because I have 20, 25 minutes before the pre-workout kicks in. So it gives me 20 minutes to make those posts, copy the whole thing. So I will make my post, then I'll go work out. I work out, I finish my workout, I'm gonna go do the litter, kitty litter. I, I do the kitty litter, I go get coffee. I come back, I shower, and then 
I have tons of other things that I'm going to go on, but I'm not going to bore you with it. That is my ritual every day, all day. It does not change. Okay. These are some of like the mandatory things that you're going to do. So it's just like once you have this on and you just stick with this for 21 days, that will help you develop habit forming where you will start to learn how to just develop newer habits, like build and take on newer habits, anything. Because once this is cemented into your schedule every day, it doesn't matter, you could be on vacation and you do most of these things other than the freaking litter and the things that you can't do because you're physically not available there. You will find out that once you start nailing these things, that your mindset, you will become very adaptable. Like, I mean, you can easily take on new habits. Okay. And now let's jump into that. So the way I then form my habits is daily goals. And the daily goals are like this. If I were to be looking at my daily goals today, go live, upload interview with Lawrence Schur. So that's going to be the new YouTube video that's going to drop tonight. And let FCM group know that, you know, what's going on with our challenge and everything like that currently. You know, so like update them on that. So these are my just hardcore like three goals. Am I going to do things on top of that? Sure. But this is like what I got going on here for today. Then I'm looking at what's due on Thursday. That's a date day. Like that's my day with my wife. Most of the day we just like spend with each other. Like, I mean, it's just like kind of just like focus on each other, focus on our marriage, things like that. Friday I go into prepare for a webinar, shoot a webinar ad, like all those things. Then go into Saturday, Sunday is a feedback video. So you get the idea. Like I will have my daily goals. So what happens is that now that I have these written out, it's really easy for me to have a purpose, daily purpose. So like when I'm waking up tomorrow, I have something to look forward to. I'm not waking up into an abyss. When you wake up into an abyss where you're just like, oh my God, what's the purpose of my life? Like, what am I going to do today? When you sit in front of a computer to figure out what are you going to do? These are the most crucial hours of your day. Okay, there is a reason why Steve Jobs and Zuckerberg wear the same color shirt. It's not like they wear the same exact shirt. They wear the same color shirt so it doesn't get in their way. They don't have to spend half a second or a millisecond deciding which shirt to wear, which clothes to wear, because it's taking away from that mental energy in the morning, which is very valuable. You have to make sure that you respect that time and it's well spent on things. So when you prepare, you know, for the next day, a week in advance when I usually do my schedule for the week on Sunday. So I'll have like my next week worked out. And like I said, I am far from a dis disciplinary or anybody crazy. Okay. I still move things around, add new things in there and all that stuff. But in general, I will have a pretty good sense of just like, okay, this is what's what my week looks like. I am pretty stoked. If I can just hit X, Y, and Z, I'll be very happy at the end of the week. Okay, so that's very important. That's going to help you not procrastinate because you will just know that, hey, today after I'm done with this, I need to attack that Lawrence Schur video that needs to go on YouTube. So I'm going to be working on that. I already have all my assets and everything in place. I got to edit it, sound design it, boom, upload it, things like that, right? And then I have my monthly goals. So my monthly goals will be refresh my ads on all social media platforms. So like Facebook ads, Google ads, blah, blah, blah. Like this is for the business. Like what else do we need to do? Do we need to get something? Do we need to buy more equipment? Do we need to like, what are the things that are kind of 
urgent, but you know, on a monthly basis, what do we need to fix? Quarterly, then I have quarterly goals. Quarterly goals will, as of now, are launches. Like I'm doing these launches, like my course goes back up for sale or the price, like I have a special price, the price comes down when the course is back live for a week or something like that. So those are my quarterly launches. How am I gonna attack it? What kind of material I'm gonna be putting out around that time? So working out those whole things, those are quarterly goals. Then I have yearly goals. Yearly goals are more like, okay, what is the Cosman brand is you know gonna look like a year from now? What what is the direction of my brand? Where do I want to take it? What do I want to be known for a year from now, two years from now, five years from now? So that I'm just giving you a look inside my brain to like how I'm kind of attacking these things, and then once you know, so now if you think about it, the yearly goal could become a higher purpose. I mean, that could become like one of those things that subconsciously tells you, hey man get off your ass and do something because you got to get there ultimately, you know? But uh, so those are the things like that, how I set everything up. Now I wanna jump into the chain activities, uh, the thing that I wanted to talk about, which I'm super, super excited about. So I'm gonna give you an example how my wife does it, right? Because we talk about this all the time. So she works out and she's learning a new language. So she basically associated her exercise with learning a new language. Like she has to do X for the Y to happen. So she's, she works out, she learns the new language. If she doesn't work out, she's gonna miss out on learning the new language, which is just a biggest loss. She doesn't wanna do that. So sometimes she doesn't wanna work out, but she wants to learn a new language, so she will work out. Sometimes she doesn't wanna like do the freaking lecture on the language, but she's like, you know, I ate like unhealthy, I ate something that I shouldn't have eaten, I gotta work out, now she's gonna work out, so then she's gonna listen to her, you know, like the language that she's learning. So that's a chain activity. You like combine, you take two things and you just kinda intertwine them, okay? You bring them together and then you just keep making that happen. So the way I will do it is, that happens to me, like I use Pomodoro, I don't know how many of you are uh, aware of Pomodoro technique, but basically it's like, you know, quick, uh, fast stints. So like you work for 25 minutes uninterrupted, you take a five minute break. You work for 25 minutes uninterrupted, like just go all in, you take a five minute break. So the way I do it is like 25 minutes hardcore, I'm just all in, phone is on silent or in airplane mode, I'm going hard. And then for three minutes, I'm gonna check my social media, see what's going on. Two minutes, like if I wanna take a water break or something like that, back at it. 25 minutes, boom, just go hard take a three minute break, five minute break, go back in and just go hard, you know? So that kind of thing, um, I use that and it's like extremely effective. Probably the the uh, foundation of this business and the foundation of my personal brand so far. I mean, that just makes it, it's almost like a glitch. It's almost like a cheat. Like it just, I get in that zone and then I come out at will and then I go back into that zone. Then I wanna talk about like, you know, another thing that I do is watch one, create one. So you start making these rules for yourself, right? So mine is like, watch one, create one. So basically I'm uh, watching dark. Now I'm gonna create a look on dark. Now I'm gonna put a tutorial on dark, which, you know, so it's the whole process, you know? So like now I'm building brand awareness. I'm doing something positive from say something less positive or like, you know, less productive, if you will, not less positive. Watching TV, I'm not gonna say watching TV and these things are evil. I love to do it and I will always do it. But I just mean that now I've taken something that might not have moved me in the right direction where I wanna go, where I wanna take my future, uh, my family's future. But then when I intertwine it and I bring it in, 
like it all starts to make sense, right? So like if I watch Umbrella Academy or something like that tomorrow, then I'm gonna have the same mentality, watch one, create one. So I come in and I try to do that, right? So that's another thing that I use. I do the same thing, like I'm still a freaking kid at heart, so I still do these stupid things like where, like I said, the new FIFA just dropped, so now I'm playing, you know, I'm trying to get back into it because that's like my biggest bonding time with my son. Like we both just go nuts when it comes to um, uh, FIFA. We just, we are swimming in that Kool-Aid. We're watching every game. UEFA Champions League is on, Europa League is on. I mean, every single Prem, uh, Bundesliga, League one, League on. Like, I mean, I'm all over it, right? Like Syria, like I'm pretty much on every single league. Like I know every single player, what they're doing, what's going on. And then we bring that into FIFA Ultimate Team. And it's just like our own culture that we created in the house. But now, that I want to take out some time to play FIFA, I want to make sure that I'm going to spend a lot of time getting my work out of the way during earlier part of the day. So then I have time to spare to hang out with my son and just play some video games and just, you know, just shoot shit, like just have fun. So for me, that is also a motivator. Then I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go hard, really, really hard, get everything out of the way that I need to do. So then I can do that. I can just relax and hang out with my family. So guys, that is basically the consensus. I'm going to go through some of the questions. Like, please drop in some questions so I can answer. If you have anything specific that you want to know, and if I have the answer, I'm going to share my two cents with you because I feel like everybody's situation is different, but at the same time, there's a lot of similar things, you know, or, or you can take common situations, like something that I said that is remotely common to what you are going through, and then you can kind of contextualize it and bring it into your world. So I'm gonna go through some of these questions and uh, if you guys have anything, let's just do this. But hopefully this was helpful for you guys. This was a lot of fun for me because I genuinely feel like, uh, you know, there's a lot of higher level talk about these things. Like people talk about don't waste time, be disciplined. Those are great, that's a good start. But then those are just like snacks. You know, then you gotta fill in that, like those gaps for people to understand what, what can I do? What are the actions? And I'm always going to be that guy that's going to be like, you know, left and right jab. It's just like, you know, here's a problem. Here's a solution. Here's a problem. Here's a solution. Here's a problem. Here's a solution. And then you take your own, you know, like you kind of just distill that whole thing and like find your own juice out of it and then just go from there. Uh, let me see what we got here. I got some questions. So somebody asked how important is exercise and how do you tackle it? So for me, it's my time to listen to my Audible, listen to my books. I listen to a lot of books. I probably listen to like 60, 65 books a year, okay? I, I'm nuts about that. Like, I only listen to music to just catch up on what's going on. So I'm not the grandpa in the house because my wife and my son, they are insane about music. They're crazy. So I will never be able to keep up with them, but I just listen to music to just be hip enough. I, I don't want to be that dad. I don't want to be that dad where everybody's like, oh man, the last song that he knows about is like from 2002, you know, like something Kanye West sung or something like that. I don't want to be that guy. So I want to be sort of hip, but at the same time, my majority of my time is spent listening to books. So my, I do a chain activity, you know, it's the same thing. Um, I got to exercise so I can get some, ha like one hour of like, you know, solid information that I can just like really drench myself in and then come out strong on the other end. And so many times, like, you know, like how many times do we wake up and we just don't feel it. We just wake up and we're not feeling it. And we're like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't know. Like sometimes we just question what's the meaning of all of this. So 
my books realign my thinking. When I wake up and I work out and I listen to my books, I'm listening to people that are thousand times more successful than me. And they have already, you know, just carved the path to that success where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do, accomplish for my family, for people out there. So when I'm listening to them, it realigns and shifts all of those doubts and thoughts, imposter syndrome, whatever you want to call it. It just realigns all of that and puts me back on track on track and then I'm ready to go, ready to hit it hard. So that's how I tackle it, brother. It's literally chain activity. What about paying your friends some money when you don't reach your goal? That's a great technique. My little brother does it all the time. That's apparently like a pretty popular technique in like the youngins, like the Generation Z or something like where they're just like, hey bro, hold me accountable. If I don't do this, I'll pay you hundred bucks. Uh, you know, thing, something like that. Absolutely, man, go for it all the way. I'm thinking about having a jar uh, downstairs and anytime I sound like I'm a downer or like I'm saying something like, you know, ah, oh, like, you know, anything that is not positive, I, I, I'm, I started a discussion with my wife and I said, anytime I say something that's not positive, I'm gonna drop in uh, $5 or $1 or something like that in that jar. And then ultimately it's not even gonna be about me losing money, but actually seeing it if it fills up to like how shitty I am and how much I need to improve. So I'm thinking about doing that, it'll probably happen. But I think that is, and thank you brother, this is a good reminder because that's something that I brought up a month ago and then we just never talked about it. And I think I wanna bring it back up and do it and hold myself accountable. So I think that's a great technique. All right, so let's take Rasmus's question. He said, how do you stay focused? I got ADHD, so my mind might be different, but would love to hear your take on it. I was never focused, brother. Like I had that thing where it was just really easy for me to try something, and then if I failed once, I was just like, all right, I'm out. I didn't wanna do it in the first place, like peace, you know? And then I'm, I'm out. It didn't happen until I got married, until, you know, we just had responsibilities and we had to kind of just grow up, you know, and just act adult, uh, you know, and just like take responsibility and just go, this is something that I need to do. This is not something that's a luxury. That is a necessity. Like I need to make it happen. And I think the focus on all those things came from there, right? Like I'm, I'm a foreigner. I'm from a different country. I left my loved ones behind. I am lucky enough to have my immediate family here, but we already had a big chip on our shoulder. Like we're in a different country. We are developing a new identity. Like, I mean, we kind of left our identity behind. Like we're brand new people here. Like we have to prove ourselves. So there was like a lot of that on our shoulders to be like, I cannot fuck up. I cannot fail. Like I do too many eyes on me. I got to make shit happen. So that goes for me, my brothers. And when people see us and they're like, you, you're all like freaking dominating, you're all killing it. And it's just like, we got, like I said, such a chip on our shoulder. Like we just have to go, man. Like we have, like there's just, there's that responsibility, right? Like, I mean, so there's all that. So it becomes like when you have a higher purpose, it becomes very easy and very simple to then be focused because you're just like, you kind of corner yourself in a positive way and you just say, I got no other choice but that. I'm gonna go all in, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna make it happen. Like I just, you, like I said, you corner yourself, you put yourself there because I work from home. I am in my shorts and t-shirts all day long and I'm pulling money that like, you know, big CEOs will make a year. Um, so then what is my driving force? That is that higher purpose. That is that something else that makes me just go, nope, 
I'm going to sit down. I'm going to do this. I'm going to stay disciplined. You know, it becomes more than money. It becomes more than a status. It just like all those things. So I will say start asking those questions and see maybe something will stir up, you know, like you'll come up with something that might like, you know, blow you away. What kept you from using gas gear acquisition syndrome from stopping you before the drip? So, I mean, that that's funny. Yes, I've never been that guy, call it naivete, call it whatever you want. I've never been that guy that was like, if I don't have this monitor, I cannot produce epic stuff because I just need it. If I don't have my panel, big panel, I cannot grade like the top colorist. If I don't have the best monitor, I cannot do X, Y, and Z. I've never been that guy. I've been that guy that's always thought that I had the best shit whenever I got whatever. So I got the UL600, right, this LG monitor, and I thought that was it. I thought I can grade movies on it, like I'm good to go, I'm per like, this is great, this is the best the money can buy, like let's just hit the you know ground running. I just went for it. So that kept up with everything um, as I moved up, like whether it's getting a new panel now, whatever. I never get these things in the way, but when I do have these things, then... I have learned over time to maximize the F out of whatever it is I'm using, right? So, I mean, I got EOS R here, which is a 1080p camera, but I found uses for this particular camera and not sit here and cry about, but it doesn't shoot 10-bit internally. Oh, like in 4K. Oh, it does like 1X crop in 4K. It doesn't shoot like, you know, like full frame 4K, like blah, 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 like poor me. I figure out what can I do to make it work. So many of my videos on YouTube that you guys are watching, that's my B cam. How many of you can tell that that's my B cam? That's exactly what my point is. So that's why uh, my brain is always baffled when people are just like, hey, it's really cute. You show us how to work with Alexa and Red. Can you show us how to use, how to work with my mom's iPhone? And I was like, I don't want to because she will never be my client. Like, you know, think outside the box, man. Like, you don't want to work for people that are going, hey, the best footage we got is an iPhone. Do you think they're going to pay you 2500 a day? That's just like, it's common sense. So who do you want your clientele to be? Uh, it's really crazy that I see that from people. I wish when I was learning color grading that there was somebody out there that was teaching me how to work with Alexa and how to work with Red because those are the projects that I wanted to work on back in 2010. And nobody was doing that. Everybody was showing you where the saturation knob is and what it does when you turn it. And you're just like, dude, somebody like out there, show me how to work on a professional gig where I can get paid. How to take it from zero to hundred, how to take it from a start to finish. Like, how do you do that? Nobody did that. Nobody still does that. And, uh, you know, that's, that's just that. So I feel like equipment is just one of those Achilles heel that will be you know, that will like keep you back if you let it. So don't don't uh, let it overpower you. Dean Films uh, says like, how do you thrive as a cinematographer or colorist? What's the most important thing? So what I can say is that the most important thing is doing. And, and it's the simplest answer and it's the most cliche answer and it's the right answer. It just, you have to do it. You will not get better because you've read every single freaking article from Deacons and you think you are just ready to explode. All you're waiting for is that Alexa Mini LF. Once you get your hands on it, you are going to make the next movie that's going to get you an Oscar. That will not happen. I'm going to be the first one to tell you. I'm not a naysayer, but here I'm going to tell you that. Like I'll look you dead in, in your eyes and I'll tell you that will not happen. Same thing goes for color grading. You cannot just consume, 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 consume. All, why do I have such a problem with 
the forum people, like all the grading forums, Lift Gamma Gain and everything. You just go on there. You just read, take anything, man. Take freaking bias lighting and just go on there. It's going to go on for seven pages. It's going to be all professional Hollywood colorists putting in their two cents. They're going to have articles that's going to take you somewhere that's going to be 400 pages long article. You're going to read those articles. And at the end of the day, after reading four page, 400 pages of articles, after getting your balls this shrunk, this small by all these big colorists and for them to hammering you and telling you like how you shouldn't even exist, you were a mistake. After all that, you're going to learn that you can just go on Amazon and you could have just asked your boy Cosman that, hey, Kazi, what kind of bias lighting I need? And I would have told you it's from Medialite. FSI Medialite, just go type in FSI Medialite bias lighting on Amazon and get one of those lights and just, that's it, brother. Like, you're welcome. Like, it could have been as simple as that. So I feel like my biggest strength in life um, as a professional and as a teacher now, uh, somebody that like shows people, you know, how, what's what, is that I just give you the answer. I don't care, man. Like I, I can, I have read those articles about like the gamma shift that go on for 17 pages and tell me, you know, the whole biography and my family tree and all those things. I don't know how those things go into that one article, but somehow it does. But all I wanted to know is that how can I fix the effing gamma shift, man? Like, is there an answer for it? So I am that guy who's just going to tell you, watch this minute and a half lesson and figure out how to fix it. Now, if you want to be the guy under the hood, good for you. Go make $100 a day, you know, be the technician that just comes to my house and color calibrates my screen while I just like, you know, chill out and make some, you know, Instagram videos or something. So it's like, it just all depends. I'm not looking down at anyone. I'm just saying, what do you want to do? If you want to be one of the greats, you have to practice. You have to put in the time. Even if you listen to somebody like, you know, um, Fincher, or if you listen to somebody like, you know, Deacons, any of those people, they're going to tell you that they just started off knowing nothing. And then one thing led to another. And it's like, you know, they built the plane while flying. And a lot of them do that. So just remember that. Let's take some more questions. But that was a great question. How to manage work and your marriage. And I think that's going to lead me into talking about something which is work life balance. And it doesn't exist. I mean, it's like, no, don't tell, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. It doesn't exist unless you are disciplined and all the things that we talked about. Why do I say Thursday is like a wife day? Thursday is like a date night. Thursday is like a marriage day is because once you etch it in the calendar, once you have it on there and this is what's going to happen, then you can make it happen. Otherwise, it's going to be half-assing all the things and nobody's going to be satisfied. Your marriage is going to be in shambles. You're not going to be reaching your goals. You're going to be blaming your marriage, which has nothing to do with you not achieving your goals. And then there's too many people that just go, I don't want to be like you because I just want to have a better work-life balance. Like what, what work-life balance are you talking about? A lot of the times people use that as an excuse to just have 70% life and 30% work. So that's the work-life balance they're talking about. They just want permission for somebody to tell them, yeah, man, take it easy. Go take a three month long vacation. Yeah, dude, just chill. Like, just do you, bro. Like, just do your thing. Like, that's that. I will never be that guy to tell you that because I feel like as adults and as being responsible being, like as, as responsible beings, we can figure out a game plan where we can satisfy all parties and everybody's winning. And one thing is not an anchor that keeps you or pulls you down. It helps you propel. 
So like my family drives me to do the things that I do. If I wasn't married, I probably would have been nowhere because I just, I would have been like, man, what's the point? I would have been one of those guys. But with my family, I got a responsibility. I want my son to look at me and be like, okay, this dude is my goddamn rock star. He's my hero. Like, this is my goal. That's my bar. Like, this is what, like, this is how I was raised. I looked at my dad and I'm like, holy hell, man. Like, if I can come 10%, you know, to like what you've achieved and what you've done, like, that would be the end of it. But I just went for it, you know? So it's like, that is, that's the way I look at it. So it's like, have stuff on your calendar. Don't think of it as like, oh, that kills us, you know, being spontaneous and things like that. Again, as an adult, you know, there's, your wife is going to be busy. You're going to be busy. You know, kids get in the, like kids, you know, you get, you guys are going to have to do things for the kids, families, parents, like, you know, everything becomes bigger and more dense. So to attack that, you just have to go, okay, Thursday, we do this. Saturday, we go see my brother and my sister-in-law. We hang out with them. And then the rest of the week, we go about our lives. And then anytime anyone needs each other, like my, when my wife walks through that door and she's in my office, I turn my chair and I give her my 100% attention. That's where the Pomodoro and everything else drops. Like when it comes to family, like no more rules. It's just like all in, 100% all the time. You're just like, okay, what do you need? Hit me. Like, just talk to me. You want to you wanna be here? You want to talk to me for like three hours? I got you. Like, I'm here for you. But, you know, so it's got to be that mutual understanding and that uh, thing that you got to develop with your significant other. Let's take more questions. Really, how do you thrive as a starting freelancer without any support? Because uh, I'm finding it really hard. It is really hard, brother. I've been there. I feel your pain. I'm right there with you. Um, I've worked for $250 when I was driving and spending more money on gas back and forth than what I was making a week. And I was digitizing tapes. And I went to school where I paid over $60,000, $70,000. And then over the course of you know, I, I'm still not paid up. So I'm paying my loan. So I mean, at the end of the day, I think it becomes like 130, 140,000, something like that after, you know, all the interest and everything. So somebody who paid that much went to a private school, uh, you know, college, got a degree in film, wanted to be a freaking next, uh, you know, big thing like David Fincher or whatever, ended up like started as like a digitizing tapes and getting paid $250 an hour. That was the beginning of my um, you know, American dream and like living the Hollywood life, like when I moved to LA. So my point is, I just, I, I, I did it, man. I, I did multiple of those. Like, I mean, I knew 250 bucks a week is not going to cut it. So then I went on Craigslist, started applying for shooting weddings, things like that. Things that I kind of looked down at being in film school, because when you're naive, when you're young, you know, you just think that, oh man, like no, nothing is, nothing is above you, right? Like, I mean, you're, you're the big cheese in town. You can just make things happen, blah, blah, blah. But when the reality hits, then it opens your eyes and it gives you so much more empathy for life and for people and circumstances and each profession. So I had the, I had a freaking blast doing weddings. Then I got into that, started making some money on the weekend, and then the $250 become $500, and then $500 became $750, started doing some photography on the side, and man, I was just going all in, and it was just like, you know, think about Nightcrawler, you know, like that kind of thing, where it's just like one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. Then I took a full-time job. 
because I'm right there with you. I just couldn't do it, man. Like the freelancing was too, like highs and lows were out of control. And I'm like, I can't do it anymore. So I took a full-time job. I had that job for two and a half, three, three years, you know, and before I was let go. And then two and a half, three years later, it was just the perfect opportunity. At the time, it felt like it was the worst thing ever happened to me. Why did this happen to me? Like, I mean, the world is crashing. Everything is ending. It was the best thing ever happened to me because after that, I was experienced enough after that full-time job for two and a half, three years and disciplined enough to actually turn it into a small business and then start my own journey. And the rest is history. So it will feel tough right now. Stick through it. Don't make this your last thing. If this is looking too challenging right now, go for a full-time job, have some secure job security, then have these little gigs as your side hustle and then keep that side hustle going for a year, two years, something like that until you're so confident that you know now with your new skill set, with your discipline, you can, you know, just survive on your own. And then you will come back in two years and tell me that now it's not difficult anymore. I'm thriving and everything is great. How many hours you practice at home after you came back from office in your early stages of uh, your career? So this was the routine, okay? When I had a full-time job, 2010 to 2012, this is how it was. I would uh, come home uh, and I drove, man. It was 90 miles each way. 90 miles each way, two and a half hours, two to two and a half hours each way every day, okay? And I would come home, I would leave work at 5.30, something like that, come home at seven. I would hang out with my wife from, at the time, girlfriend, from seven to 7.30. And then right around eight-ish, I would start editing my wedding videos, okay? So I would have like one, at least one to two wedding videos a week. So I would edit those from eight to 12. Go to sleep at 12, wake up at 4.30, and then be on the road at five o'clock so I can make it at the office at 7.30. That was the routine, clockwork orange. That was just it, and I kept doing it and never looked at those, editing those wedding videos, poor me, I don't get a break, I don't come home and relax and like play games and watch TV, what I wanna do, what is this like, blah, blah, none of that bullshit. Like I was focused, I'm like, I know where I'm headed, this is just the beginning, that's the way it's supposed to be, I'm the person who loves the journey. I love the journey, man. Like, I mean, journey is as fun as the destination for me. Like other people can tell me I'm stupid. I don't care. I love the process. So, because you guys know, I'm all about systems and processes. So like that was the deal for me. I would just go to work, come home, take about half an hour with my wife and then half an hour to myself, just kind of relax and just kind of, you know, decompress. And then boom, hit the ground running, edit from eight to 12, four solid hours of editing, and then just go to sleep and like rinse and repeat. Or sometimes when I didn't have work, I would just spend the, those four hours learning. So I would just go and like learn all about like color grading and like just try out new things, like what new lenses are out there, what can I do? You know, back in the day, the 35 millimeter adapter on your HVX 200 was a big deal. So I was learning everything about that, how to get the film look and all that stuff. So stuff like that, man, I mean, that just, you, you turn these into disciplines and habits. Like I said, you know, these things didn't happen overnight. Like, I mean, this habit formation and all the things that I'm talking about, I've been doing it for a decade. And uh, I'm sharing this with you because I would love for you to do it right now. And people, especially that are young, like if you do it now, you will get a 10, 15 year head start on me, you know, and nothing will make me happier. Let's take a few more, more questions. I can't concentrate even if I love what I'm doing. So... For that, I gotta say, 
Okay, so this, you know, so you should just rewatch this. Definitely watch what we talked about here because I feel like we kind of attacked all these things that you're looking for. And um, it's going to be higher purpose, short-term goals, long-term go goals, like achievable goals, you know, something that is like right in your reach and you can attain it um, for it to become reality. You gotta, it's like, you know, uh, uh, you know, like conditioning your pets, right? Like, I mean, you make a certain sound, you give them a treat. You make a certain sound, you give them a treat, and then all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, they develop this habit to associate this with that. So it's that kind of thing, you know? So it's like, go through it, watch this video again, and then you'll have a better sense of like what I talked about and implement those things and you'll, you'll get the results. Let's take another one. Do I really need to rely on Instagram to promote myself or can I rely on word of mouth? Both. I mean, this is where I'm going to like quote my, you know, my boy Gary V. It's it's always the answer is always both. It really is. I mean, you should just do all of it. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to be shitty at everything. But I mean, you it's like in this day and age, specialty is good in our field. But knowing majority of the things is even better because I ha I am meeting way too many people that are amazing at creative direction producing, landing a job, editing, like they're doing a lot of the things. You know, one of the directors that I keep working with, Kip, he is, he runs his own company, super successful business. He is a banging creative director. He's also a producer and he edits like no one else. He kills it with editing. Like I'm always blown away. I'm like, dude, did you cut this? And he's like, yep. I'm like, dude, I'm blown away. Uh, you know, he's doing a shot list and everything. And it's like, he's doing all the things and making millions, you know, like, I mean, act really freaking thriving, you know? So it's not like master of none. Like that thing is not possible nowadays because we live in a world where we're all like mini computers. We have access to this thing, like supercomputer in our hands, and we can just like learn like at will on that very second, whatever it is that we're looking for, you know, and then just move on, then just have that, that uh, skill acquired and like burned into our memory and then just go from there. So it is like very much possible to do all of it, like promote on Instagram, LinkedIn, you know, YouTube, like do all of it, man. And you never know, like I go back and forth all the time where I'll tell my wife that, hey, out of all these platforms, this platform is performing the best. But then we go back and forth and I go, you know what, I was wrong because now this one is doing really well. And now this one is doing really well. So the answer of the answer is all of it. Like you just have to do it all. All right, let's take a few more and then we're gonna call it. How do you deal with the lack of social interactions working from home? That could turn into a problem. This is a serious thing. So, I mean, the way I do it is that I break up my day. Like I go out twice a day, like whether it's to grab food, go get a cup of coffee, something where I see people and I interact with them. And sometimes I'll just take my legal pad with me or my laptop with me or something and I can just like chill out there you know, that's pre-COVID. I mean, COVID like really changed things too. Uh, now you gotta be more responsible and careful for your family and your, you know, everybody around you. But th those are the things that I would do. I would just like take my notepad or something with me, just go grab a coffee in the morning, just be outside, say hi and hello to people around me. And that kind of thing to like actually force myself to be outside the house, force myself to interact with people. And then obviously, you know, I have like, you know, uh, my brother and my wife has, 
um, her cousin here. And like we have a couple of family and friends here that we try to just like go out and hang out with them as much as possible. So we don't turn into like, you know, weird creatures that just like are just like exactly cooked up in a house. And especially it's really easy to do right now because we kind of have the license to be at home and be those antisocial, you know, human beings. So I try to avoid it as much as possible. All right, guys, let's wrap it up. Really appreciate you guys. This is just so much love, so much interaction. Community it just gets stronger and stronger by the second. Literally forever humbled. Uh, no joke. And um, hopefully this was helpful. You guys got some good tips and tricks. Stay positive. Uh, stay pumped. Stay possessed. It's very, very important. I mean, if I wasn't possessed, I wouldn't be doing that live today because I have all the reasons to be, you know, feeling sorry for myself and just, you know, take a few days off. But uh, thanks to my wife and just, you know, being being so supportive and like at the same time pushing me like she's the one who's just like people are excited for you to go live. You should go live and you should just do it. And uh, it's it genuinely is a true blessing to have a partner that pushes you, somebody that kind of knows you and they just they, they say the right thing. Right. And that happens over time. Like you build that understanding. And um, so I'm, I'm blessed to have a family like that, to have my parents, to have my brothers, to have my friends and you guys like it just I mean, it's it's just all a true blessing. And I'm I feel like I'm in heaven all day, every day. So just couldn't thank you guys enough. Until next time. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with friends, subscribe to this channel, and I will see you in the next episode.